Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. See that? So this is cool. Sometimes supernatural things happen. And see this little feather right here? Just started floating down. See that? There it is. Anyway, it just floated down right right when they got done doing announcements. All right, there's a good introduction. Okay, hi everybody, welcome. (laughs) Hi guys, I'm excited to be at the Crux tonight, the coolest spot on a Thursday night. Come on, somebody. It kind of is, man. We used to be here every Thursday. Uh, Oh, Good Friday. You guys had a good Thursday service last week, yeah? Come on. That's exciting. So just a quick little uh, bio or whatever. I, I used to, like, we used, I used to like be on staff here at the church at Summit and the worship and the youth and young adult group. We, we pretty much, meet, we did everything. And so uh, it was awesome. Great, great, amazing time. And uh, just about two years, what, what, what year? 2017. So I guess that was two years, two and a half years ago. Uh, transitioned to go travel and work with Fire and Glory, uh, Revival Ministry, and then also just travel. And so every Sunday, I'm somewhere else, every midweek sometimes, like last week on Tuesday, I was in Claremont, and then next week, I'll be in Portland, Maine, which is pretty far. We'll be doing an East Coast Rumble event, and, and then after that, I'll be in LA, and then just all kinds of crazy stuff. Joel got to come with me to Dallas for a conference, which is pretty cool. And uh, we experience all kinds of crazy there. And <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff happens when you're hanging out with prophetic kind of people. And so uh, it's, it's super fun. So anyway, uh, that's what's been going on. And I'll probably share a few, I'll probably share some throwback stories tonight, as well as um, some stories that maybe y'all haven't heard yet, but it's going to be fun. And uh, if you have a Bible, though, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Oh, no. We're not going to go to verse 1, but you can if you want to, though. You can, but I'm going to go on to verse 25. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Man, I love the presence of God. So good. I feel like I'm like a, uh, uh, like a little kid in a candy store. Like, I want to go everywhere and just, like, grab everything off the shelves and do everything and just go crazy. And so... Uh, you know, some of you guys might get a little freaked out by some of the stuff, like a feather randomly appearing in the middle. I didn't, I didn't bring a feather with me. It's just weird things happen when, when God comes. So we pray a lot this prayer that says, on earth as it is in heaven, we let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. But then when heaven starts coming in, people really get freaked out. It's a very interesting scenario. So there's a lot of things happening in heaven, like passionate worship, like you guys were just pushing into and all that. But there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in heaven, like, they, like the streets are made of gold and the, the new Jerusalem is built with, with precious gems and jewels and all this. And, and I just recently put a blog post out how God speaks through signs and wonders. And uh, we're going to get to Galatians 5, but we're just treading water right now. And, and uh, I, I was speaking at a youth group last year, and I was sharing with them. I said, guys, listen. There is more. The title of the message was There is More. That's not the title for tonight, although it might be for somebody. And, and I said, you know what, guys? There's more. But I told them, you have to jump the hurdles of familiarity because sometimes we get too familiar with God that we don't. We, you know, I, Bobby Connor says it like this, that we're too familiar with a God that we barely know. 
We act like we know God already. Come on, we don't know God. We just barely scratched the surface. It's like John, John the Beloved was the, the one leaning up on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper, and he was his best friend. Jesus is telling him who's going to betray him. They're like best friends telling secrets. It was awesome. And then uh, if you flip all the way to the book of Revelation, Jesus appears to him in glory. His eyes are like fire. His face is shining like the sun, and he's glowing, and he's radiant. He's powerful, and John falls on his face like he's dead. One moment he's cuddling with Jesus. The next moment he's on his face like he was dead. Come on. In other words, if you think you know Jesus, God might come and just blow up your box. And so anyway, we're, I was sharing with them. I said, you got to break familiarity. You have to uh, jump over the hurdles of offense because many of us want God to do something for us the way we thought he was supposed to do it. And then we get offended when God doesn't do things our way. Come on, somebody. And, and so anyway, you got to get over getting offended. God's going to blow our boxes up. God's going to be God and you're not God so he can do whatever he wants and you just have to deal with it. And it's awesome because I like not being God because then I don't have to control everything. If I'm God, then I'm in charge of everything. And that's just not a good place for me to be at because I'm not good at that. I wasn't made for it in, in any way. So I'm telling them this. And then I said, then you have to stir up hungry, or hunger. And I said, you know what hungry people do? One thing I know about hungry people is they always get something to eat. They always do. This is the pre-message for the message, by the way. If you're wondering what I'm doing right now, this is called the preamble to the message. And I have points here. Maybe I have five of them. Maybe we'll get to one of them. I'm not sure, but we're just going to flow. Touch your neighbor and say, we're just flowing tonight. And uh, so I, I told them, listen, guys, if you want to experience more of God, you got to break familiarity. You got to jump over the hurdle of offense. You got to just let God be God. And even for people, sometimes we get offended at people because they didn't do things the right way or they hurt us or whatever it is. But I'm telling you, if you really want to experience more of God, you got to have forgiveness. You got you to move towards God and with a forgiving heart. And, and then the last thing I said, hunger. And I said, listen, if you really want to experience more of God, you got to just really just, you know, hungry people, they stir themselves up. They're like, God, I have to have your presence. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what it takes. I will look like a maniac. I will look like a fool. And, and you know, as a side note, the word hallelujah comes from this word halal, which I think David Knox talked about this at one time. But halal, and then Yah is the, for, the, the, the short form of Yahweh. And so when you say hallelujah, you're literally saying to praise God. But halal is more than just singing a song. Halal literally means to, to act clamorously foolish, to act raving mad like a wild man, and to boast and be completely wild for Jesus. That's what it means. And so actually when we say the word hallelujah, you're literally saying that it's time to go buck wild for Jesus. Now, whatever that means, and I don't even know if that's a term we use in 2019, but y'all get what I'm saying. That's what it means, the word hallelujah. That's what it means. And so anyway, I'm telling them, that, that's what hungry people do. They go crazy. They're like, I need food. I will go high and search low just to get food. And I said, if you want to experience God, these are the qualities you have to have. If not, you can just be on the sidelines, sitting up in a boat while Peter jumps out and starts walking on water. You just sit there staring at the miracle while you could have been in the miracle. A lot of people do that in church. They like to watch everyone else do it for them, and they live vicariously through someone else's passion, through someone else's faith, through someone else's hunger. But how many of y'all want to be the actual one who's experiencing the miracle and not just watch everybody else do it? So I challenged this youth group. I said, this is it. And uh, by the way, before I even preached the message, all kinds of people got healed. Uh, this young girl, she was maybe 13 or 14. One of her legs was shorter than the other, and it literally grew out in front of everybody, just like, boom, like grew out in front of everybody. Her leg was all tingling. She was like, well, I don't know what to do. Like she was freaking out. It was awesome. 
Another dude got healed in his hip. He had pain in his hip. It was awesome. All these kids, they're, they're all teenagers. They're, they're all, they don't, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. Childlike faith. So at the end, I said, if you want more of God, come to the front. We started praying for people. And, and people started, you know, experiencing the power of God. And, and God was speaking to them. It was so, it was so powerful, but like it was, <laughs> I had to end the service because the parents were like waiting at the door. <laughs> They're like, I need to pick up my kid. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So we ended the service, but people kept coming up to me afterward and started, and we started praying for them. This girl comes up and, uh, and she says, you know, I have this arthritis in her whole, in her whole body it has, and she's one of the musicians on the worship team. So can you imagine trying to play piano and like your, your fingers are like getting all tensed up? Anyway, we prayed for her. And then I was like, God's showing me something in your back. What's going on with your back? She said, I have scoliosis. And I say, oh, well, let's pray for that. So we prayed for it. And, and uh, she said she felt heat rush down her spine. And then when she went home, she said, mom, check out my back. And she checked her back out. And uh, scoliosis is the curv- curvature of the spine. She checks it out. Her mom says, uh, your back is completely straight. All the way down. I mean, God was healing. This other kid had like a basketball injury with his knee. And he couldn't play for like, I don't know, three months or something. He was off the team. He couldn't play anymore. We prayed for him, totally healed, like didn't need the brace anymore. And then I'm, I'm, people are getting touched all over the place. And I'm like, all right, praise God. Like they're experiencing the more. This girl comes up to me. She says, will you put your hand on me? I have like this electricity tingling thing went through my whole body. I don't know what's going on. I'm like it's the power of God. <laughs> That's what electricity feels like, except it's good kind. You know what I'm talking about? You know, if you ever, if you're, if you're stuck your thumb in a socket, it's kind of like, but it hurts though. But when God does it, it doesn't hurt. It makes you more better, mo better. Anyway, mo better. That's my Hawaiian pigeon talk coming out, mo better. Okay. Hey, son, try to give me the rice, mo better. Okay, anyway. So we were, <laughs> we were doing all this. And then at the end of the, the, the group, this girl comes up to me uh, with a youth leader. And they said, hey, look what we found. This girl walks up and she has a, a diamond, a princess cut diamond in her hand, like a legit diamond. And she said, she said when after, at the end of the service, she just looked in front of her seat and there was a diamond chilling on the ground right in front of her, so she picked it up. It was crazy. It was a legit diamond. So now, now I'm doing this because I just want to like blow your minds because like some of you are like, okay, that's cool. I'm not sure. Okay, pain, uh, that was cool. Okay, we, we see people get healed here. And so that's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the leg run. That might be like a, like a trick or something like that. I saw on YouTube, some, you know, someone said that's not real or something. But now that I'm saying like a diamond supernaturally appeared, just like, all right, who the hell? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm for real. Like this girl comes up and there's a diamond. I have pictures of it. You can see it on, on my Instagram and all that stuff. But I just wrote a blog about this, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. And uh, anyway, the, she comes up. And here's the backstory, though. Because, I mean, we were all amazed. We're taking pictures. We're like, dude, this is crazy. We're holding it. We're looking at it. I'm like, this is now my property because I was the preacher tonight. No, I didn't. no I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I'm like, I'm going to put it in a ring for my wife. No. But this is the crazy part. Because here's the deal. God will speak through all of these wild things. It's not just for the sake of being weird and uh, outlandish or uh, unusual. God has a message he wants to do in, inside of everything that he's doing. He's, he, Jesus, actually, his name was the word of God. And so that means it wasn't just what was coming out of his mouth. It was his entire life that was a message to humanity. And so I look at this and I go like, wow. What? And so I hear the backstory of this girl. She is one of the youngest of five sisters. Her, she, can, she feels almost like the, for lack of better terms, the ugly duckling. You know what I'm saying? And, and her older sister is the worship leader in the youth group. 
And she's a fiery worship leader. Like, I'm telling you, she's like one of the best that I've seen in any youth group. But I, I, and I gave her this word because God gave me this word for her that she would be leading worship in stadiums and all I mean, amazing stuff. And it wasn't just something I was trying to concoct. Like, I feel like God was on it for her. And so can you imagine, you're her little sister, and, and like your older sister just gets this crazy word. Already you feel kind of like on the outside looking in. You're one of the youngest of five siblings, and everyone else gets the attention, and you're kind of always left out. It would have been one thing for me to come up to her and say, hey, listen, God loves you. He believes in you. He, he, he sees you. You don't go unnoticed. You are his princess. But it's another thing. If God drops from heaven a supernatural gemstone that is more, one of the most valuable stones on the planet, come on, and it's in a princess cut, and it's more, I, mean, I could have said it with my words, but how cool is that? God just drops a diamond in front of her and says, girl, you are valuable to me, and you are daddy's little princess. Come on, somebody. Woo! It's wild. And I didn't preach about any of that. All I said, if you want more of God, here's what I think you need to do. That's all I did. So I'm, I'm, that's my pre-message to the message tonight. And uh, I, this, is, this is the thing. I, I, I want to encourage you guys, open your heart, get as hungry as you possibly can, not just tonight, but I'm telling you, every single day for the rest of your life, you can experience more of God. I'm not saying God's going to drop a bag of diamonds in your front lawn or something. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is you will experience God because we just saying it, the more I seek you, the more I what? The more I find you. If you seek God with all of your heart, you will find him. And it's not going to be maybe how you thought it was going to be, but you'll experience the presence of God. It, hungry people always find something to eat. Come on, t- touch the person next to you and tell them, hungry people always find food. Hungry people always find food. Hallelujah. Are you in Galatians chapter 5? This Can we put that on the screen? Because... I'm going to read it out of the NIV. Let's, let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three, go. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Say it again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. Everyone say boom. Now here's the deal. I believe that everyone in this room wants to have an impactful life. Every one of us wants to have a life that makes a difference. We all want to leave a mark on the earth. I don't care even if you don't believe that in your head right now. I know it's in your heart somewhere. Because you're not only, you're here on a Thursday night because you want to know God better. You want to experience God. There's something in you that has this desire to live an impactful, fulfilling life that makes a difference on the earth. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And, and this is the deal. We need Holy Spirit to do that. We cannot do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is, not it, huh, he is, that's how you know. That's how you know someone's a friend of the Holy Ghost. They don't talk to him like an it, they talk to him like a he, like because he's a person. Everyone say that, say Holy Spirit is a person. And, and here's the deal. We need the Holy Spirit. We need him in our lives to live the Christian life. We need him. So, so this is what I dream of. I dream of seeing not just a, a, a group here, but all over the earth, a group of young adults that, are, that their worship moves the heart of God that their prayers have potency. You know, like when they pray, stuff actually moves. You know what I'm talking about? Mountains move because voices speak. And if voices don't speak, mountains won't move. And sometimes we've been speaking to mountains, but there's no power in our voice. So they just stand back at you like, say that again, I ain't doing nothing. And then mountains are looking at you. And, but I, I want to I see a generation that when they speak, mountains move. Their prayers have potency. And not only that, their words carry life. They carry the thunder of God's voice. 
You know, and I shared this before, uh, that God told James and John, Jesus renamed James and John the Sons of Thunder. And I'm like, ooh, that's a powerful name. And I remember reading some commentary, or maybe I heard it preached somewhere, that they named them the Sons of Thunder because they had anger issues, so they were always blowing up on everybody with their bad attitudes. And I'm like, one day it was like, wait a second, like, that remix, like, what the heck, what are you saying? And I realized Jesus does not give nicknames based on people's weaknesses. Like, he called them sons of thunder, not because they had an anger issue, but because they were born out of the thunderous voice of God. Now, this is the deal. Like, I want, I want to see a whole generation, not just with microphones, but I'm saying people who, when they speak, it's like there's weight to their words. There's thunder in their voice. When they speak, things happen. And when they speak, things move. And life is coming out of their mouth. Even if people don't understand it, that life is coming out. And so this is, this is the, the, crux, hey, the crux of tonight. Come on. We, we, we need the Holy Spirit to do this. I mean, I was, I was reading about the, this story. There's a revival that happened in the islands of the Hebrides, which is off the coast of Scotland. And, uh, and it's, I mean, it's crazy. You can, you can look up, you know, all kinds of testimonies. But they, there was this, uh, this group of people, they were praying and praying and praying, and God visited them. I mean, so much so that nobody would preach the gospel. They would just be out on the streets, and you would walk out to the street to go walk, you know, maybe down to the next village or something. And people would be on the roadside, on their knees, crying out to God for mercy. They didn't hear anyone preach to them, but they're crying out to God, please save me. I mean, people were getting saved all over the place. It was a sovereign move of God. I mean, that's, that, that's the kind of stuff that I love to see. Like, you just walk up on campus, and then people are just repenting everywhere. <laughs> like, you know, how wild would that be on a Monday or a Tuesday? What, they were all repenting for what they did last weekend. Come on. <laughs> and they're like, you know what, Lord? This is the last time I'm giving my entire life to Jesus. Like, can you imagine that? An awareness of God just comes on the campus. An awareness of God just comes on the dorms, like, all around us. That would be so powerful. I mean, and it all just started because people were praying. But they, they, uh, they went to this other chapel across on another side of the island. And the, and the preacher, his name was Duncan Campbell, and you can look up his testimonies. He said, he said I was preaching, and it was like one of, this is my, uh, I'm using my own language, but he said, it was one of the hardest services I ever preached at. Everyone was dead as a doornail. <laughs> like, it was just a dead as a doorknob, and no one was moving, nobody was listening. And you know what he said? He said, I need to get one of those young guys that, that are prayer warriors from the chapel where the revival broke out. So he sent for one of the young guys. And he had him come, and he says, young man, I forgot the dude's name already, but he said, young man, uh, I believe the Lord would have you pray for us right now. <laughs> In other words, everything I'm saying ain't working, so I'm going to try you now. <laughs> now, the young man had just been meditating on Revelation chapter 4, which is full of a, it's like a, it's a scene of what's going on in heaven. And, and you see the flashes of lightning and the thunder and the, the worshiping around the throne of God, the living creatures and the elders. All, it's, a, it's an amazing scene in Revelation 4. He'd been meditating on that in prayer in the, earlier in the morning. The story goes that Duncan gave him the pulpit to minister and to pray. He, he starts praying from Revelation 4 and he starts saying, Lord, I and then he, he just, he lets out one word and just says, Lord, I can see heaven or, or something to that effect. And then he just weeps for five minutes straight. Can you imagine that? No words are coming out of his mouth. He's just weeping in front of an entire congregation. And then he says, he says, I can see it. I can see it. There's power in there. And he says, Lord, release it here. And when he said that, half of the congregation, their hands got stuck like this. The other, their hands were stuck like that for about two, three hours straight. They couldn't move. The other half fell out of their pews, got all laid out in the Holy Ghost. 
and he didn't touch any of them, heaven came to earth in an instant moment. Now, if that wasn't enough, a village about seven miles uh, east of it, the, there, there's these people, uh, the sowers, like people, who, whatever they're called, seamstresses or something like that, tailors, and th- those type of people. They're seven miles away in another village, seven miles away, and there's these cottages. And at the, the, the story goes that at the same time the power of God fell in that room, the, the sovereign hand of God moved upon all them. They came and later testified that, they, that the, an awareness of God came upon them. They all repented in their houses, and they all gave their lives to Jesus. <laughs> this is this really happened like I'm, I'm i'm just telling you the testimony this is 1949 this happened and i'm just thinking like i remember one time we had emily went to the dorms over here and we were doing it like outreach and she knocked on the door she said do you want to feel the power of god she didn't, that was her introduction she didn't even say hi we're from the church across the street she said do you want to feel the power of god and she, they were like yeah put out and they put out your hands and they're like come holy spirit and the girl got touched so the power of god started touching her and moving up her hands and all this whole thing Woo! hallelujah i mean from 1949 to 2016 i mean this is the kind of stuff that i i believe for a whole generation to to grab a hold of and literally i mean this is why we have to walk in the spirit. We, we want worship that moves the heart of God, prayers that have potency, and words that carry life. I mean, it's, it's just, I can't handle any more dead religion where we can just, it's all up in our head, but nothing's in here. You, you, you know what I'm saying? We're like, we know a lot of facts about God, but we never actually knew him. Ah. I want to. I want to see a whole generation of young people rise up and be like, "Wow! Like I, I know this guy. I mean, I'm still scratching the surface, but I know whom I have trusted and given my life to, and I, and and he has put something in me to give out to the world, and and not to be prideful because honestly, when people walk in that kind of power, they're very humble. They're very low. They don't. It's it's really not about their lives. And they just say, Jesus, I have to give everything to, to you because I want to make a mark on the earth before I leave." We don't know, our, James in the Bible said that our life is but a vapor. It's just a breath that appears for a little while and then it disappears. Ah, oh, come on. I would love if my little vapor of a life had such an impact that it made ripples throughout history long after I was gone into heaven. Come on. And I, I wouldn't be sharing this kind of stuff if I didn't believe that was actually available to everybody sitting in this room tonight. Like this, this is, I, I've, I fully believe that God actually wants to do this in your guys' lives. Now, I know this isn't necessarily the most traditional type of sermon style that maybe you're used to, and that's okay. If I was here every week, I would probably do that, but I get to be here once like a year, so I just get to just drop off everything that I possibly can on you, stir you up, put some oil, light a match, and then, all right, see you later. And then Taylor gets to deal with it. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. We have, we have to ask the question, what is at stake if we do not have the Holy Spirit moving in our lives? We have to ask the question. We have to ask the question, what is at stake if we resist walking in the Spirit? If we just say, yeah, that might be a little too weird for me. That might be a little too crazy. I don't want to be that guy or that girl. That's just too weird. We have to ask the question, what is at stake, though? Because the reality is, not only is our personal freedom at stake, 
Because the Bible tells us that if you walk in the spirit, then you actually put to death the works of the flesh. In other words, all those things that are working against you, try, you know, some of us have the craziest thoughts. If, if we all shared what our thoughts were just in the last 24 hours, you'd probably lose some friends. You know what I'm saying? No, probably not, probably not here. Probably not here. Okay, because you guys are so loving and gracious. But some of the thoughts that go through our heads, if we're really honest, crazy stuff. Now, praise God, we don't act on them. But that is called the flesh or the sinful nature trying to rise up within you, trying to be like, hey, go do this thing, go do this, whatever, whatever it is. It could be immorality. It could be, you know, manipulation. It could be hatred. It could be greed. It could be whatever it is. And, and you can read in the context of Galatians 5, that, that's, you can read that. That tells you actually what we're all facing. But the Bible says that if we walk with the Spirit, if we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, all those things will actually be put to death. He said, if you walk in the spirit, then you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Ah, how do I walk free? You need the Holy Ghost. Because many of us are asking, if we're really honest, we're asking the question, how in the world do I get free from these habits? How in the world am I going to get free from these thoughts that like literally are, you know, like a record that's playing in my head all day long? If we're really just getting real personal, like I, I know I painted a big picture of changing the world, but let's, let's start right in our heart and let's go like, many of us are asking the question, how do I stop doing this whatever sinful habit? You can fill in the blanks. And if we're really honest, many of us are dealing with something and, and I'm not going to have you come up and share that from the microphone tonight. <laughs> that would be very awkward of a night. We'd love you anyway, praise God. But I'm telling you, the scripture tells us what the answer is. And he says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. And you actually, Romans 8, 13 tells us that you'll put to death those things if you have the Holy Ghost. If you walk in step with the Holy Spirit. So not only that's at stake, but also corporate breakthrough. Now that's a kind of a bigger churchy word. But breakthrough for people's lives around you, that's what it means. That's, that is at stake if we do not embrace the power of the Holy Spirit and working in our lives. Not only our personal freedom, but the other side of it is corporate breakthrough. The people around us will actually not receive the breakthrough that they could have if you had been walking with the Spirit. It's not to meant to put a guilt trip. I'm just letting you know this is what is at stake if we make the Holy Spirit just a side note in our life. You follow me tonight? Someone say, I need Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. This is what is at stake. And how does that all happen? You keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I was looking at this because I was, I was studying that verse that we read, Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step. That's the phrase that God kept putting in my heart when I was just uh, listening for what God wanted to say tonight. He said, keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. So not only does that, some translations will say walk in the Spirit, and that's cool. But when I looked at the, the translation, when you look at the Greek words behind the English words, the, the word for keep in step or walk in the Holy Spirit, it actually means like a military, military formation to stay in your line, to, to stay in your ranking. You follow me? You stay in your line. When you're, when, as a military, you're marching, you have your commander or your leader, whoever it is in front of you, but you're staying in the place that was appointed to you. 
and you're keeping in step with what the leader has asked you to keep in step with. You follow me on this? In other words, you, you know, you could say it like you're staying in your lane. You stay, whatever. But the point is, is you're keeping in step. So now we have to ask, if there's a leader and he, he is Holy Spirit, we have to go like, what is Holy Spirit doing? Because if I'm going to, if I'm going to have personal freedom, corporate breakthrough, then I have to walk in the Spirit. Ah, oh, what are you doing so that way you can keep in step with the Holy Spirit? You follow me tonight? So here's the deal. Uh, I'm actually going to use the scriptures that I gave you guys back there, but I don't remember which one the first one was. Can you just tell me what the first one was and put it up there because I don't even know what I gave you. So I think it's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Did I give you that one? There it is. Okay, do, do, do 2 Corinthians 13, 14. We'll go, we'll go there in a second. This is what it says. This is the last verse of 2 Corinthians. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and check this out, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Oh, I love that. The grace of Jesus, the love of God, but then the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This, this, is, this is wild. I mean, this is not only a reference to the Trinity and Scripture, but this is a picture. This is what Jesus' grace, his unmerited favor, and his, and his empowerment from heaven actually enables us to step into this whole realm. And then it's the love of God that keeps us it's, it, and gives us identity and, and we walk in his love and, and strength and, and confidence. But then it says the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This is the part of the Trinity that we need to embrace. I don't think, uh, I, I think probably most churches in America are embracing Jesus and the, and, and the Father. But when you start talking about the Holy Ghost, that's when everything starts getting a little haywire. <laughs> and people are like, it's a lot of division in denominations and all abominations, all kinds of stuff are happening. And so... You can ask your neighbor about what that, what that was. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The word, actually, if you look at that verse in the Message Bible, it says communion with the, or intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Ah, that means Holy Spirit is a person and you can have friendship with him. This is the foundation. How do I walk in the Spirit? The foundation is this, that you have to uh, realize that it's all foundation is relationship. You have to have relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love the, the wild demonstrations, and I, I'm sharing those stories in the beginning because I want to push you past what you feel is normal and, com and comfortable and all that. But at the end of the day, it's always been about relationship. It's never been about religion. And, the, and the, the one part of the Trinity that is actually present within us today is the Holy Spirit. And he says we were to have communion, fellowship, or intimate friendship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you can actually have intimate friendship with the person of God? The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Say that with me. Say, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. And say this. Say, I am the most sensitive person to the Holy Spirit. Come on, say that again. I am the most sensitive person to the Holy Spirit. One more time. I am the most sensitive person Ooh. to the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. That's really good. I used to say that all the time over my life until I started falling down when I was preaching and leading worship. So I just, <laughs> the power of God would come on me so hard that I couldn't stand anymore. I was like, all right, I think I'll take a break from that because I still need to keep preaching. It happened right here, but we'll tell that story another time. Um, this is, I shared you some crazy stories, but here's a real, real day-to-day -day life story. Uh, some of you guys may have seen, I posted, I got, someone gave me a new Taylor guitar uh, on Monday. It was awesome. Like, they came up to me on Sunday. 
after I did 10 services for Easter. Praise the Lord. I was, if you guys saw my Instagram story, that's why all my posts were very loopy. That's because I was gone. I don't even, my brain was just, it was just, you know, come on, somebody. That's why during the offering, <laughs> they're like, empty your wallets. I was like, that's what I'm saying. Just like the grave was emptied on that third day, somebody better empty your wallets right now. Anyway, okay, anyway, so after that, the guy comes up to me and he says, hey, uh, he says, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, probably sleeping. <laughs> and he's like, how about you meet me at the guitar center at 12 o'clock and it looks like you need a new guitar. And I was like, what? And I'm like, I, uh, and I try to like unconvince him, you know, but he, he wasn't having it. And, I, and even I texted him the next day and I was like, hey man, uh, just wanna let you know, I'll meet you there if the deal's still on the table. He's like, yeah, it's irrevocable. I'm like, oh, come on, it's crazy. As a side note, God is so stinking good. I don't know if that's okay to apply to God, but like he's so good. Like I, that's the fifth Taylor guitar that's been given to me uh, for worship and uh, five Taylor guitars and they're all a lot of money. So. God is really good. And so, uh, anyway, um, this, is, this is just day-to-day living. Now, I'm, I told you some of the miracle, healing, wild signs and wonders stories. But let me just, this is day-to-day living with God, walking day-to-day. So God, I, you know, I go to the um, guitar center, pick out a guitar, awesome. But I found out, like, inside, there's this little, like, sticker that covers these bolts. And now these bolts are, like, to adjust the neck. And if it doesn't make sense to you, just, just follow me. You'll, you'll get the main points. The sticker was busted through like someone had adjusted the neck of my guitar or might have even replaced it. And I'm like, bro, like, I, we, you know, we just, I didn't spend it, but <laughs> some other dude just spent $1,600 on this thing. And there's like the stickers busted like someone adjusted the neck on it and you sold it to me like it was brand new. Like, that's messed up. Like, I, I had like, I, I want to say buyer's remorse, but it was more like blessing remorse. I don't know if that's possible. Because I didn't actually buy it, so I'm just got blessing remorse. You know what I'm saying? Like I got hooked up anyway. So I go back and uh, and uh, so that was on Monday, and I'm like, man, I don't know if should I just keep it and deal with it. Tuesday comes around. I think I texted Sabrina because she she was working there. Hallelujah. And uh, and she's like, oh, I'm not there today. You know, I'll, I'll I'll be there tomorrow. So this is the deal. On Monday night, I was ready to just go back there, like give me another guitar right now. And the, but the Lord said, uh, and honestly, this is how I live my life day to day. Uh, the Lord said in my heart, no, no, don't go tonight. Uh, you just hang out with your family. So I was like, okay. So we just had dinner together, hung out. I think we watched the movie that night, and this whole thing just hung out. The next day, I'm like, all right, I'm going to Guitar Center. I'm getting another guitar. And God's like, no, don't do that. Just catch up on some of the work that you need to do and just hang out with your family. <laughs> and I had a Tuesday night practice here that night too. So, um, Which, as a side note, Sunday's going to be awesome. I have this... <laughs> We have these gospel singers coming with us on Sunday, so it's going to be really cool. So Monday, God told me, don't go to Guitar Center. Tuesday, God tells me, don't go to Guitar Center. Wednesday, I'm like, I think I'm going to Guitar Center. And then I, so I text Sabrina, like, hey, I'll be there, like, around 1230. I literally am pulling up in the parking lot. She texts me, and she says, hey, because this is the side note. Like, these guitars, like, it's kind of like one of a kind, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the, the kind of guitar that I had, no stores, right? She said no stores in America had them in stock, <laughs> like in America. Like, so I couldn't just go and swap it out, you know what I mean? Because they're all unique, they're all certain kinds. So I go in there, and, uh, and, I, and I'm rolling up to the parking lot, and I'm just hoping that maybe they can just put one on order for me. And literally, I'm telling you, literally, I'm rolling into the parking lot. 
Sabrina texts me. She says, hey, you never guessed. We just got a shipment like an hour or two ago or something. And look what it is. It's the exact same guitar that I needed to exchange. Brand new, still in the box. Not even touched by anybody except for the, you know, the department people that just put it in the box. No one played the guitar ever before. And I'm like, God, you're so good. So then I exchanged it, posted it, you know, the whole deal. What's the point? Like, God was like, no, don't go, don't go on Monday. No, don't go on Tuesday. Okay, you can go now. And it was honestly the simplest thing. I'm telling you this because I told you the crazy story. Now let me just tell you how I live my life day, day to day, not just in meetings and where I'm preaching and ministering. This is how I live my life every day. I'm always listening. Because guess what? I'm a, I am one of the soldiers in the army of the Lord, and I'm going to keep in step with the commander. Oh, you don't want me to go that way? Okay, I'm going to go back this way. This is how you have to, if you want, remember, what is at stake? What's at stake? Personal freedom and corporate breakthrough. This is at stake. If you resist the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you're bound to walk into the flesh, and you don't want, the, you, you don't want that. I mean, really, if you read the list, we could read the list. It's a pretty bad list. And it's all stuff that damages your own life and it damages all your relationships, like hatred and envy and greed and witchcraft, manipulation. Did you know that witchcraft is in the same list as greed and hatred? Because witchcraft is really manipulation. It's trying to use the spirit realm and demons to like manipulate people to do things for you that they wouldn't normally do. Anyway, that's, that, that might be too deep for somebody, but that's how it is. <laughs> it's a real deal. Demons just want to manipulate your life and pull you as far away from God as they possibly can. They're real. And, and, and the reality is God is way bigger, greater is he who's within us than he that's in the world. But the reality is if you ain't walking in the spirit, then you can be susceptible to other spirits that have a little tiny S and not a capital S. Just throwing that out there. What's at stake? I don't know. Well, <laughs> so I'm walking just day-to-day life, and God's like, don't do that. Okay, all right, don't do that. And I'm like, what? I want my stinking guitar. Like, and it was just really, really basic. This is how I live my life. So now Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which most of you all know, but we could put it up on the screen. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what does that say? Lean not on your own understanding. And what does verse 6 say? In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Some of them say acknowledge him. That word submit or acknowledge in the Hebrew is a word yada, and it means literally to know intimately by experience. What is he saying? He's saying, in everything that you do, carry your intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit into every area of your life so you can keep in step with him. You follow me? Ooh, am I helping anybody tonight? Just making sure. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. When you start keeping in step with the Spirit, you will not understand everything, but you have to be okay with it. You have to be okay with it. When David Knox, I don't know if you guys know this, when David Knox preached his first sermon here at the Crux, a wind was supernaturally blowing on us. I'm telling you, I, Emily checked that one, and there's a thermostat over there. That door was open, but there was no way wind was going like this, and then coming blowing on us this way. It's not happening like that. David's preaching about women in ministry and how they need to be empowered to be in ministry, this whole thing. Me and Bobby, another one of our friends, was sitting right here. A supernatural wind starts blowing on us. Like literally someone's doing this to me, but there's no hand doing this to me. You know, a wind starts blowing. And I'm just, I just figured, number one, that God just really liked what David was saying, you know. But the other thing is the Bible says that God confirms his word with signs and wonders. So sometimes you'll come and do crazy supernatural things 
my mind couldn't comprehend. I was trying to check all the thermostats, like, is there an AC or a fan on somewhere? No, it's not. It's just God came in. The Bible said that he makes his angels like winds. And so sometimes, how many of y'all have, let me, just, let me just throw this out. Maybe not that night, uh, if you were there. But how many of you guys actually have felt a wind blow on you when there wasn't a wind supposed to be there? Have you guys actually felt that? So, okay, cool. I'm not alone here. All right. Like, I mean, these are crazy things. And why, why do I say trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding? Because if I try to naturalize what God's doing, I miss everything that he wanted to say to me. It's supernatural, not natural. You with me? And so what's the next verse I had up there? Because I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Ephesians 4.30 or first. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. If you read on to the next few verses, he says, get rid of bitterness and, 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 uh, and rage and malice and slander and all these types of things. Because those are the types of things that grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the next verse is 1 Thessalonians 5.19. And this is what it says. Do not quench the spirit. There it is. Some translations, the, the word quench there means to put out a fire. And, and so now we have, okay, we're walking in the spirit. It's all about relationship. Think of it like a bowling lane. I'm just giving you real basic teaching right here. Like, get this. Think it's like a bowling lane. There's a gutter on that side. There's a gutter on that side. How many of y'all are good gutter bowlers? Okay, don't worry about it. One side is the grieving, and the other side is the quenching. You don't want to fall into either of those. Grieving has to do with your holiness and, and living for God in every area of your life. Grieve, you know, when we sin, we actually grieve the heart of God. And it actually hurts his heart when we do things that are opposed to his nature. You follow me? If we're, if we're, we're, grie we're grieving him when we hold unforgiveness and bitterness towards people. That actually grieves God. And, it, and actually, it's like a bowling ball falling into that gutter. And it ain't going to hit the strike anymore. You have not, not you, when you do that, you have got out of step with the spirit. On the other hand, quenching is when God starts doing amazing things with the fire of God and supernatural, all that stuff. Sometimes people shut that down because it gets a little too crazy. Woo, their bowling ball gets in the gutter and they don't hit any, you don't get any bowling pins. You, know, you follow what I'm saying? And the, in the middle is keeping in step with the spirit, relationship with the person. But these two gutters we have to avoid. One has to do with our holiness and our, our moral living. The other has to do with losing our understanding and embracing the supernatural wild side of God. Woo! Come on, somebody. And we're just keeping in step with the Spirit. And if you do that, you'll hit a strike every time. And it's effortless because you're just walking with your friend. You're not going like, you know, I see some people trying to pray for people sometimes, and it looks like they're a little constipated. You know what I'm saying? They're like, like they're trying to pop out a healing you know what I'm saying like like don't try so hard you could burst a vein or something you know what I'm saying like don't try so hard why 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 <laughs> I don't even know what time it is I could talk forever guys we're gonna pray for you in a little bit and God's gonna touch you just get ready but the point is this, is we got to keep it step. <laughs> so we try, some people try so hard to try to make something happen, but the reality is it never was you making it happen anyway. The person who lives inside of you is the one making it happen. How does he do that? Ah, oh, we keep in step with the Spirit. Now, this, I, the reason why I told you the guitar story is because that was literally how I lived my day-to-day -day life. In all my ways, I acknowledge him. Everything I do, 
from watching a movie to hanging out with my family to date nights with my wife to guitar playing and then ministry stuff too, that's included in there. But I'm always asking God, what are you doing? And how can I stay in step with that? That, that, that might sound so simple, but I'm telling you, there are so many voices competing for you to either get in one side of those gutters. Now I'm saying you can quench the Holy Spirit just by doing something he didn't want you to do. And what I mean, what I mean by that, like it, it could not, for me, it could have been, I went to Guitar Center and exchanged it. I could have messed up the whole process of what God wanted to surprise me with because I was just going in my own will. Now, I know that what's at stake in that is not as big as you know praying for somebody who needs you to pray for them in a really tough time in their life, but I'm trying to show you it's in every single area of our lives, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I do this, even I like, I write a weekly blog. I do this every time I write a weekly blog and I'll be actually writing in the blog and in the middle of writing a paragraph, I feel that the Lord is not pleased with the paragraph. And I know that might sound too tedious for somebody, but I'm telling you, I am, I'm acknowledging him in everything because I want, remember, I want power in my words. I want mountains to move when I speak. And if I want that to happen, if I want power and potency in my prayers, and I want worship that moves the heart of God, I have to keep in step with him. If I move out of step with him, it'll be a form with no power. Many Christians are willing to settle for a form of religion, a form of Christianity, but there's no power in it. It makes them feel good because it eases their conscience because I went to church, sang some songs, did a couple, one of these, and I feel better, and I'm okay. Uh, let me just go live my life. But how many of you know that is just not, <laughs> that's, the, that's the most boring Christian life you could ever actually experience, and it's ineffective, and it ain't going to do any good for you or anybody else around you. It actually will do worse for you and worse for the people around you because they'll look at you as a model and, and then get disgusted because it's boring. It's way more boring. I'd rather live in the world and get party and, party and get drunk. All right, I know that was a little real, but <laughs> if Christianity is that boring, then I don't want anything to do with it. You, you with me? Like the reason why I got saved is because I realized all that parting life was actually killing me inside. Two of my best friends attempt suicide two nights in a row. I, I got drunk one more time after that, and it was horrible. It was just like, oh, this is fun, oh, and I was just by myself on a couch. It was, it was just boring. It was just not fun anymore. And then I got saved, and, and I, I've experienced not only real love, but real power started moving. Like, literally, electricity went through my entire body. And then I started seeing miracles and healings and, and signs and wonders. And I would worship God on my, own, on, on my own, in my home, in my car, and his presence would fill the room. Woo! It was better than anything I had ever experienced in life. I'd give my life for that. I, I wouldn't give my life for another corona or something. You know, it's just... It's, it, I mean, I get it. Like some people are like, okay, I'll drink here and there. But I'm like, I'm just saying like, I don't need any of that anymore. I used to like have to have something, but now all I need is Jesus. And I don't say that as a cliche, like literally all I need is Jesus. You can literally take everything away from my life. And if I just have Jesus, I'm okay. Seriously, he's asked me to surrender a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, relationships and, and directional things and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, you know what? You're worth everything and more. We're like, you did 10 services this weekend. Man, if I had to do 30 services, he's still worthy of more services this weekend until I couldn't sing anymore. <laughs> do loopy Instagram videos. Okay. Whew. I have points. We won't get to all the points because I, I, I think I've laid enough of a foundation, and I'm going to give you just maybe one point, and then we're going to pray. Because I have to lay this foundation because I, I don't want it to be just like, oh, man, the I need just power or something. I, at the end of the day, Jesus didn't die on the cross just so you could walk in power. He died in, at the, in the cross, rose again, so that you could be 
friends with God. You can have a relationship with him. That's what this whole thing is. And friends of God, all the stuff follows friends of God. And not everyone's a friend of God. I know we used to have that song that we used to sing a long time ago. I am a friend of God. But really, not everybody who sings that song is a friend of God. Well, this the scriptures say in John 15, no longer do I call you servants, do I, but I call you friends. Well, yeah, probably to the people he was talking to. <laughs> I'm saying all this because I want to provoke you. Like, honestly, are you a friend of God? Does he tell you secrets? Do you hang out with him? Are you with me on this? I want to provoke you to something more than what you're used to. I am a friend of God. I don't, are you? <laughs> I want to provoke you to real friendship with the Holy Spirit. Because not only will he do signs and wonders, he'll be doing little secrets to you. God started talking to me through the guitar, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like he was saying stuff to me about how on the outside that other guitar looked great, but on the inside it was tampered with. And, 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 but the new one, it maybe the design wasn't as cool as the other one on the outside, but on the inside it wasn't tampered with. Do you want something tampered with on the inside? <laughs> Because appearances, in other words, the appearances on the outside could be really cool, but on the inside it's defiled. I don't want that. You follow? You get me? You can see God in everything, and God can start speaking to you in everything if you're a friend of God. I could, we just sit around, and we can look at anything in this room, and there is like sermons all over this room. And God's, God's trying to talk to us and be our friends everywhere, but our, is our hearts open? So here's number one point. I had five, but we're only doing one. I think you got a bunch of other points in the last long time. I'm used to preaching very long, so I'm sorry if this isn't normal. I, I'm used to preaching like an hour and a half. So, <laughs> and, then we, and then we pray for people afterwards, so praise the Lord. Okay. Some of the places that we go, uh, on, on, uh, like I was in Mexicali the other day, they're just like, uh, we went down and preached at a church in, in Mexico, and they're like, yeah, just do whatever you want. I'm like, uh, are you, okay, when do you want me to end? They're like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, okay. Remember, you told me. But dude, like two, like my friend, some of you guys know Kareen. She prayed for this two ladies, deaf ears opened up, that like partial deafness, they totally got healed, and these kids were getting touched. I'm telling you, you know God's moving when the seven and eight-year-olds are weeping under the presence of God. These kids came up, and they're all crying, and kids are falling, like kids are falling down, and the power of God's on them. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Anyway, so I'm just used to preaching a very long time, so just bear with me because we're going to pray the number one point that I had out of all the five, which I, which honestly, I think it's good enough for tonight, is we have to learn how to receive from our hearts or receive in our hearts. Many of us are accustomed to receive in our heads. And one of the biggest shifts in walking with the Holy Spirit is you have to dethrone your mind. What do I mean by that? If I don't understand it, we usually reject it and we throw it away. Well, that dude was praying in tongues, and I didn't understand it. Cool, you're not supposed to. And, and, and that, that boggle, most people have a hardest time speaking in tongues because they don't understand what's coming out of their mouth. But that is the exact thing that God wants to do. He wants you to get your mind off of the throne and let Jesus be on the throne and put in submission to his spirit. If you want to walk in the spirit with those little bowling gutters, Staying in there in the spirit, we have to dethrone our mind. We can't understand everything. 
We can't understand the, not only just the supernatural, wild, crazy stuff, but we can't try to f- make sense of every single thing that's happened in our lives unless God's speaking to us about it. Many of us, are, we have these events in our lives. We've had tragedies and traumas and, and really crazy bad stuff happen to us, and somehow we're blaming God. I don't understand that. I don't, I, I've done the same thing in my own life, but we blame God, but we have to go like, wait, 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 wait a second. I'm not seeing this right because God is good. And he loves me and he's working all things together for my good. So somewhere I'm not seeing this right. And I'm speaking this, I I believe that's even prophetically for many of us in the room. That many of us, one of the main hindrances to us walking in the deeper things of the spirit is we're offended with God. We went through some stuff and we're mad that God let it happen. When we're kids, someone might have abused us in crazy ways and done some things that damaged our sense of identity and our sense of value and worth, and we're still holding on to it, and we're wondering what the block is into going deeper with God, and, and it's because you're offended with him. And God wants to set you free tonight. Are you with me tonight? There's so many things. I'm not God, so I don't know every single thing that's going on in everyone's life, but I can tell you there's a handful of people that that's for. And I can also just say that I believe that many of us have to dethrone this thing. And when we do that, and we live from here, whoo, watch your worship go to a whole nother level. Because this one is always going, what are they going to think of me? This one's going like, God is so amazing. He's worth everything. This one's going like, ah, if I dance right now, everyone's going to look at me. This one's going like, I could care less. I will become even more indignified than this because Jesus is worthy of crazy. He's worthy of my halal, my hallelujah. (laughs) This is trying to understand, are those stories that that guy told, are they really true, or is he just making us stuff up? In here, oh, dude, Jesus is so good. And if this is still in charge, this will be in prison. I want to, I want to like, I hope I've provoked you tonight. I hope I've challenged you and pushed you a little bit. Because honestly, I'm telling you, I said this in the beginning, and we'll close sometime in the next two minutes. (laughs) I wouldn't be telling you guys this if I didn't believe in you. If I didn't believe that you could literally do everything that I'm telling you, more testimonies, crazier stories than what I've experienced, I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't be telling this to you unless I believed it was possible in your life. I'm telling you, I can see a crux who the whole congregation is worshiping so passionately that Joel can't stop playing. Like he can't, like he's trying to stop the song, but he can't stop because everyone's so hungry and so grateful. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a group so hungry for God that they're just like, you know what? I have so many inconveniences, but my hunger for God is so much greater than my inconvenience right now. I need you, Jesus, to do something in my life. And they worship like that. <laughs> Woo! Emily's trying to come up and transition and tell you, like, hey, this is what I think God's doing, and you're, all, you're already doing it. Like, people are already prophesying. People are already getting laid out. Do you know, I remember when, when my kids, when I was doing youth, I would look out during worship and people would get slain in the spirit and nobody touched them. And how do I know that happened? Because the way they were laying on the ground was like they just got like a bomb just went off and they all just like this. (laughs) Like they didn't didn't gracefully lay before the Lord. 
they got laid out. I'm telling you, this is for real. This is for real. If you're wondering where that is in the Bible, when Jesus said, I am, 600 soldiers fell flat on their butts. Just trying to figure out another word, but that one came out. John, in Revelation chapter 1, he saw Jesus in all of his glory. What did he do? The Bible said he fell. It didn't say he graciously got on his face and laid prostrate before the Lord in all humility and meekness. The Bible said he fell like he was dead. Dead people fall like they don't have any control of their body. That's, that's, if you want to read it in Scripture, there it is. And I believe many, many of us need to get provoked to go to a whole other level and passion and hunger and potency and words that carry life. Ah, the stir up that we would make an impact. Because I don't think anyone in this room wants to, to go to the end of their life with a bunch of what ifs and a wish I woulda. I think everyone in the room wants to make an impact, yeah? Woo, Jesus. So I want to pray. Just close your eyes for a moment. Father, I want to thank you for your anointing in this place. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that you're here. And I want to thank you that you are drawing us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come upon us even now. In, a, in, in every hungry heart, I can feel it in the room. I feel people just pulling on you. And God, I'm asking right now, I don't even know how to tell you how to pull on God. You just have to do it by faith and hunger. Inside of your heart, something shifts. and you, in, It's like the cry of your heart becomes loud inside of in heaven's ears. It's like they hear faith. They hear hunger, even if you're not saying a word. Father, I thank you all over this room that you would stir up hunger. You would stir up fresh passion. And that God, that you would draw us into deeper places with you. Father, I thank you that no one is too far and no one is too far gone from your purposes and from your plans. If you met me on that crazy journey of, of partying and skateboarding and all that kind of stuff, you can meet us here. Jesus, I ask God that you would just touch Just put your hands out like you're receiving a gift from God. Just put your hands out. Lord, I thank you all over this room. Holy Spirit, just come. Come upon your people now. We want you. You are who we desire. And we know what's at stake. We want our personal freedom and we want to see corporate breakthrough in every area of our lives. So stir us afresh now in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, stir us afresh now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsandmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.